From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Oh, so great to be with you. I say that often, but it is so great to be with you. I am excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. I'm not going to give it away yet because I have to introduce a bunch of people. I'm Scott Armstrong and to my left, Natalie Franco. Hi guys. To her left, AJ Fry. Hey guys. To his left and across from me, Emily Armstrong. Hey everyone. And to her left and to my right, is everyone keeping track? Chelsea Fry. <laughs> Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. The largest known living organism is an aspen grove. A what? An aspen grove? Yes. An aspen grove. Trees. Is it? it so pando, what? which is Latin for I spread out. Scott knew that. What? It's a group of genetically identical quaking so aspens in Utah quaking with an aspen. interconnected root system. It, it, it's an estimated 80,000 years old Whoa. and takes up more than 100 acres. Whoa. So the original fun fact was about its age? No, it's the largest. The largest. So large, bigger than sequoias, bigger than... Living organism. It's one organism because all their roots are oh. interconnected. So it's oh all one my. thing. So a hundred acres is one living organism. Whoa. Okay. Now I'm, now I'm getting it. That's yeah, crazy. And when we're talking about interconnectedness and we're talking about the church of the Nazarene, we recently had a, what is this called? Gener- <laughs> How it blew it. It was right in there. I know. Right I can't remember. It. It's right there. We recently had a general board report. We did. You segue. Chelsea, you're, I'm going to give you it's money like later. like I planned ahead. <laughs> you get five stars. You, you segued for me because sometimes after your fun facts, I do not know where I'm to, supposed to go. So thank you. That is excellent. We are all interconnected. Uh, and so that leads us to our subject today. Our subject is the report. And now this, the way I, I'm about to say it doesn't sound all that intriguing, but it is intriguing. But every year we have a general board of the Church of the Nazarene. There are people from all over the world, all every region, uh, different cultures, different districts, everything that come together and uh, they make decisions for the Church of the Nazarene. Well, the board of general superintendents, the high, highest ranking position in the Church of the Nazarene, submitted their report. And so I've kind of uh, summarized that report and also just asked these these folks to do some investigating and see what was most significant about that report from the last year, quite the year I might add. And uh, also what were some significant things that happened during general board this year? Now, when this comes out, I should say it'll be a few months after uh, the actual general board occurred, but that's okay. I, I thought it was important for us to talk about this last year, 2020 and, and, and a little part of uh, 2021. And uh, so what, what grabbed your attention out of the report from the general superintendents and also what happened at the general board of significance? Well, I assume that we're going to walk through this word by word. So I'm going to start with the title. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The title of the report is a journey of grace. And I think that is so fitting for a year that we're coming out of just junk, right? Like, so 
I think that's great. And I, I love this quote. So Carla Sundberg was the one that wrote the report. And I'm reading Scott's summary of her report. So I did a lot of research on this before getting here. And um, <laughs> just kidding, in case you didn't get that. <laughs> the thing that I love this is grace reminds us that there is always another perspective. And I just want to hear y'all's thoughts on that. I think that is a lovely way to think about this last year, that every person that has gone through the pandemic and through all of the things the church has gone through has their own perspective and their own thoughts of that. And so I'm glad that they started off with that mindset. Yeah, I was thinking, and, and as as I was reading the report, like I kept thinking to myself, year 2020 has been a bad year for a lot of people, but it's also been full of potential. And I kept thinking during the pandemic, I kept thinking this would be a great opportunity for people to really learn what Sabbath is. Because we're, we were basically forced into Sabbath, not just a rest from you know, being in person with people, but also a rest from some of our religious practices or our religious uh, traditions um, because we couldn't be together as the church, right? And I know a lot of people missed that. And being an introvert, I didn't miss it as much. (laughs) Um, But Chelsea missed it a lot because she loves to be around people and the church, you know, people we love to be around. And... I just kept thinking the whole time. I was like, I hope more people realize or take the time to think about Sabbath and to really try to get into a habit of Sabbath. I was listening to one of our other missionary friends who's a missionary um, with the Assemblies of God, and he was, he was talking to us and saying, uh, because things are starting to ramp up again, that he's going to be traveling a lot more. But he, he said, I really hope... I don't want to let go of, I can't, I won't quote him word for it because I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said, I don't want to let go of spending time with my kids, intentionally spending time with my kids because that was really important for me. And a lot of people have been forced, (laughs) forced to spend time with their kids or spend time with their family that they normally wouldn't have had the opportunity to do. And some people are ready for their kids to go back to to in-person schools but I hope that, that people realize this was a good time to connect as a family, to really stop and take a break and rest and just reconnect as the people of God, reconnect to God, reconnect to our families, reconnect to each other in a deeper and more profound way. And so as I was reading this report, like she mentioned several things that happened throughout the years, some bad things, some really sad things happened, but... Like, how can we learn from these and how can we move on from them and use them to grow our relationship with God? It is important what you were saying in the report, uh, even the the word that jumped out of what you just said is, of course, Sabbath, but then connecting. And uh, a good portion of this report really dealt with how do we connect in, in a pandemic time and how the church adapted. She mentioned things that even on this podcast we've we've talked about before, uh, instead of uh, meeting in person, going online. Uh, she mentioned really, really was very proud in a, in a healthy way, I think, of our ministries of Nazarene Youth International and uh, Nazarene Missions International. Nazarene Compassionate Ministries especially has shown a light uh, as they've ministered to so many more people in need during this time. And, and, and in this report, 
she really emphasized those those things and and how we've remained connected even in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, I think one of the um, things that I think about and I try to when I'm reading a report or something like that, I've got this habit of putting myself in somebody else's shoes, which I think is good. I, I actually learned from Scott to read the Bible that way. Like when you're trying to figure out how to exegete a passage, like put yourself in everybody's shoes. And, um, and so I was thinking if I had to write a report about a global church during the year 2020, like how would you even start at, what would you start at? What's your starting point? And, and, um, Exactly what Chelsea said of this whole entire report was called the Year of Grace. And um, I don't know if you realized it, Scott, but right before we were getting ready to record, we were just talking a little bit about, uh, you know, what what we were thinking about as we read it and things like that. And um, and Scott just happened to say, like, uh, you know, that the, this is a theme that maybe they were trying to work around it or, or maybe not like we were just theorizing. Right. And um, the one thing that I do know about the Church of the Nazarene is there is intentionality and where they're trying to go in the future. There's, it's not just like, let's throw the dice and see what happens. And to me, it's amazing to think that last year and this year, they're, they're launching a whole entire discipleship program about around grace, right? And so like they knew probably five years ago that this report was going to be about grace and they wanted to, to highlight grace. And the way that Dr. Sunberg was able to take all of the information, I just imagined like these hundreds of pages of reports all over her office and her desk, and she's trying to distill all of the data into what God has done in the global church this year. And uh, the things that, that jumped out to me were the things that you just mentioned, Scott, of like the way that the church was in mission all over the world. Like it wasn't just like, oh, the, the, this one region that uh, was dealing with it fine, you know, like they they were in mission is she highlighted so many different areas of the world that that were serving their communities that were engaged in different ways of being church and and I think as um, a general superintendent for sure she had to have been at a point of just being like look at the grace that God has poured out on the church of the Nazarene this year like like looking back at everything that we were engaged in the that action in the movement in a time where we would say we have been characterized by the lockdown like that's what a lot of people are going to remember about 2020 and i think in 20 years to read back on this report you would say wow there was a church that believed so much in the missional nature of what god has given that denomination that they still were engaged they still found ways to be Jesus, feet, hands, and, and feet of Jesus in their community during that time, that it was the global story. And it's because God's grace went before us five years ago to say, I'm going to lay this on your heart about grace. And his grace right now is what's sustaining us. And it's the same thing that helps us to push forward and say, we believe that this new chapter is starting and, and we're ready to be a part of it. I think the general board report is um, inspirational. I think if you want inspiration about a global church that's thriving in the midst of that, uh, that reading this report is well worth your time. Well, there are some significant things that even happened during the general board. Uh, 24 missionaries were commissioned. Uh, now, those are people that had already been serving as volunteers or uh, in other capacities in different parts of the world, but they were commissioned. The act of commissioning is this official thing that occurs by the general board of the Church of the Nazarene when the church recognizes a, a couple, a family, an individual, and says, we believe in you, we've seen fruit in your ministry, we've seen your call 
call to missions. And now the entire backing of our entire denomination is behind you. You know, that's pretty cool. 24 in the midst of pandemic, when I know that we've heard in our ministry, uh, the year when we couldn't send missionaries, the year when it's just not possible, you know, and we should mention that we entered a one, the 164th nation as a church of the Nazarene, Luxembourg. Uh, I mean, these are, these are things that are cool. These are things that are new. These are things that are still missionally occurring in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, I think you literally saying that is what I highlighted something that she said. Uh, she was talking about like budgets and how we needed to readjust for 2021 in budgets. But she ended the phrase with, um, even with a reduced overall budget, our highest priority, our highest priority, right? Like this is not just a priority or something we would like to accomplish. Our highest priority for 2021 is to maintain our current level of missionaries deployed around the world. And uh, I just want to know, I know what my thoughts are, but I thought I would like launch it out as a question to you guys. What do you think or, or, or what do you um, envision if this is our highest priority? Well, out of all the things that could be a priority in the Church of the Nazarene, why do you think maintaining current missionaries all over the world is such a high priority for us in 2021 that we would dedicate so, many of our, so much of our finance to it? I mean, a part of who we are as Nazarenes is missional, right? That's one of our, one of the trifecta of our, of who we are. The core values. Yes. Can we get that on a t-shirt? <laughs> the trifecta. And so that, that just like puts their money where their mouth is, I guess. Um, like saying, this is not just something we say, not just something that's a nice idea, but yeah, it's actually like, we will stand behind this. We will take action to make sure that remains a part of who we are, remains a part of our identity. Personally, as someone who whose recent position as a missionary is more on the digital side of things, I felt like, well, why don't we give up our position so that they have more money to do other things with, to give it to people who actually need the money, and, and I could do my job from the States. I could do my job from anywhere, pretty much. And, but, so as a missionary... In this role, I know there are other missionaries that need to be in their community, like hands-on in their community. And so I'm glad that they that they prioritized those people. And I'm glad to be, I'm proud to be counted as among those people. But personally, I was thinking like, well, I, I will volunteer to move back to the States and do whatever I need to do if because I can still do my job, the job that I've been assigned to do digitally from anywhere. So... I mean, it is kind of a conflict of emotions for me, but it's, it is really cool to, to see that they are willing to stand behind what we believe, even in times of financial crisis. Well, and talking about the impact on giving, I think it is important to note that, uh, I'm quoting here, receipts for the World Evangelism Fund for fiscal 2020-2020 as a whole were only 1.4% lower than the previous year. I, that is astounding to me. I was part of some meetings in August of 2020 where we had to plan scenarios. We had to envision what is the worst case scenario if giving completely tanks? What if uh, it's not so bad? And what if it's in the middle, right? We had to think of all these different scenarios. What are the scenarios? What does it look like on specific districts, specific ministries on each region? I was able to be a part of those meetings. The worst case scenario was a decline of 40%. Like we, we were trying to envision what would our 
global missions look like? What would we have to do in those situations? And to hear, now I don't want to minimize it. I mean, there had to be measures and in the report, it, it talks about some of those measures that were, had to be taken financially, but to hear that it ended up being 1.4, that's better than even our best case scenario when we were doing those meetings. So very intriguing to me to read that in the report. I also like, um, this is going to sound weird coming from me because I'm always the positive one on this podcast. Um, but I like that she didn't shy away from sharing the negative stuff. And I say she because her name is on it, Carla Semberg, but it's all of them. Um, like I was reading about how in Mexico district, there was a district that had 500 members on one district affected by the pandemic and 27 people died in that one district. And 10% of our DSs in South America region were, in, were infected by the pandemic, were infected by the virus, and then 25% of the staff at GMC had to be cut. Like, they didn't shy away from sharing these negative things. And I think that's important because sometimes the church has this mentality that we need to demonstrate perfection. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not the case. We're human, and we we feel the effects of the sin in this world. Right. And so like, I think it's important for the church to hear if I'm thinking of the global church, listening to this podcast, I think it's important to know that your denomination as a whole has taken a hit this year, but they have done what they can to, to extend grace, right? Like in the midst of this, they are, they are taking care in the midst of that. They are mobilizing, uh, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries to respond to, listen to this number, over 450,000 beneficiaries. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. And so those hard things that we are reporting, especially like I think of the, the GMC staff that are cut, they're probably not happy to hear me saying like, oh, that was just a little thing we're going to glaze over. And GMC is Global Ministry Center. Thank you. Yes. Sorry. And, um, but like some of those cuts enabled those 450,000 people or church buildings or whatever the case may be to continue the work that they're doing in the communities. And so I think we need to identify this ripple effect that one thing affects another. And I think that's what this report does well is it, it demonstrates common thread through all of it. Chelsea, you were mentioning like the title of this is a journey of grace. And I don't know about all of you, but it it surprised me a little bit to know in these reports, you know, a a third of this report, not a small report, a third of this report was dedicated to really just exploring what is grace, how grace was real in Dr. Carla Sundberg's life, uh, in her growing up in this past year. And not the, like you and I have talked before this coming to this episode about grace and you know, how could this year of all years be defined as a year of grace? Do you have any thoughts on that? I really like when she was saying what, what she was saying in the report that grace not only has like in the same perspective and like, I really were thinking about how God grace not only has supply the church, but also like, how it also has been like enabled the church to respond to mm-hmm. every necessity. As Chelsea was saying, how the Nazarene Compassion Ministry has been like 
doing so much and yeah it is insane and how god has been showing his grace even through the church yeah. and that's has been like amazing for me and yeah, yeah this is grace and this has been a year of grace mm -hmm. for sure because of what he has done for us and through us as well yeah because we can't ever come to this conversation and say that all of this was our idea no. right that would be the biggest error that we had in our lives and even the way that natalie just said it of like god literally was preparing the church to step into 2020. he literally was preparing people that needed to know about him for the first time in 2020 to receive the message of hope and grace that the church was preaching like all of this starts in the heart of god all of it is grace any thing that can be put in this report from a general superintendent is only because we can testify that we're a part of an obedient church that has continued to stay in step with what God is doing in this world. And so I appreciate your your viewpoint, Natalie, because I think a lot of people are like, oh, we just self-generated all of this stuff. No, no, no. Like we want everybody to be like, yeah, this is only the result of God's grace that has gone before us. So when we talk about grace, just to try to define this a little bit more, because she uses grace in many different, uh, I don't know, aspects or definitions in this. And so I, I've kind of got a little confused because I was at the risk of losing my ordination. <laughs> um, <laughs> this isn't recorded at all. <laughs> yeah. So grace, as I understand it, is like this God acting, God moving without us asking for it or deserving it, correct? Mm -hmm. And so when we say that this whole year has been by God's grace, it's saying that we didn't, we certainly didn't ask for the pandemic, <laughs> right? But even though the, the, that these awful things happened, this, the pandemic happened, the sadness was heaped on us, God was still willing to redeem the situation and move through his people in great and mighty ways. And we didn't ask for that either. <laughs> like mm -hmm. we were too focused on the pandemic and or are on taking care of ourselves sometimes. But even through that, God shown his grace mm -hmm. and moved through us without us asking for it. I think you're getting to the depth really of what she's going for and what the general superintendents were hoping for. Maybe a simple definition of grace would be the unmerited favor of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unmerited just means we don't deserve it, mm -hmm. but he looked on us with favor. And for any of us, I have to be honest, literally before reading this report, like if someone would have just come up to me, what's the last year been like if you had to put it in a phrase? <laughs> A year of grace or a journey of grace would not have been top of my list, yeah. you know, and I feel bad saying that, but I think as I read this and as, as I read, I mean, the use of scripture, the use of uh, testimony, the use of uh, what's happening around the world, not the Lee and, and, and Emily, you mentioned some of those, I realized we didn't deserve the mercy and how good God was to us mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. And we might've even complained. Yeah, <laughs> but thus proving we don't deserve it, you know, but he literally has lavished so much grace in this past year, so much grace on us. And if we open our eyes, we can see it. 
was it difficult? Yeah. Emily, you mentioned, or I think Chelsea, maybe like, you know, Hey, we're not going to deny part of the report is like, it's been hard. It's been, there have been measures taken and it's been very difficult, but in the midst of that, he has been full of grace. He has abounded. He, his grace has been amazing and we have not deserved it. We still don't deserve it. Even in the midst of one of our toughest years, we have to say it's only by grace that we got this far. Mm -hmm. And it's only by grace we're going to keep going through and even be better coming out of it. Yeah, I had a seminary professor that when I was learning about grace, he said, in many, many ways, when we think about grace, we think about like receiving it as a gift. He said, it's almost like we put a blanket on ourselves, a blanket of grace. And he said, that's not the right way to think about grace. He said, you have to think about grace as like the air that you breathe. He said, it is always there. It was always there. It's always going to be there. It's not something that God has to put on you. It's something that you just literally live in. Even before you recognize Jesus Christ in your life, you are walking in God's grace. And that's what we as Wesleyans say is provenient grace. Like you are so filled around grace, you just don't recognize it yet. You don't recognize the author of that grace, right? And um, that to me has helped me a lot because I think we say we receive God's grace and we think about it as like this tangible blanket. You know, it's like sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. No, it is like the air that we breathe. It's just around us all the time. We don't have to think about it. Um, and I know that we're getting close to the end of this and I just wanted to share something that Scott asked us to think about is, uh, what difference can this report have on us or our local churches around the world was one of the questions that he put for us to think about. And I immediately thought about, uh, what first Peter five says, and I'm just going to read it because obviously in the context of this, I think you're going to see pretty quickly where it goes. Uh, but first Peter five, eight through 11 says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Mm -hmm. But then it turns, right? Like he's, he's saying, we are all going through this. And that's what a global report does for us. We are all going through this. We're all in this together, family. We are all doing this. But then it says 10, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Mm. And I just thought that is the hope. That's why local churches need to take hope from this because number one, we recognize we are all in this together. We are all suffering together, but because we have a God that is full of grace, he will restore us. He will give a steadfast, strong, firm faith. And I love those words that Peter uses to exhort the church. Those are words that he is telling the church, stand firm. God of glory, God of grace is going to restore you. And I think that is a message that we need to remind ourselves of over and over and over again. And I love that he ends it with, to him be the power forever yes. and ever. Amen. Like that is the testimony on our lips, right? Like because of the grace that he has extended to us, to him be the power and do whatever he wants to do in this year that we're in currently in 2021. I want to issue a, a challenge to anyone that's listening. We know that we have some new listeners after our anniversary and some people that have just come to know us. I want you to look back on the past year and it's been quite the year. And I want you to just 
reach out to us on Facebook. We're the Worthless Servants. Uh, you can send to, you know, through mesoamericagenesis.org or get a hold of us in, in many of the, the social media feeds for Worthless Servants. Let us know how has this last year been a journey of grace? How have you seen God's grace at work in this past year? Maybe some of you will have to say, even in this past year. Maybe some of you will be eager and say 20 different things and others will really have to think about it and then get back with us. <laughs> um, um, but he has been faithful. And I'm actually going to ask, uh, Chelsea didn't know I was going to ask uh, this, but the very last paragraph of this entire report, I think is a good way for us to end. And so could you just read that for us? This past year certainly has been a journey of grace. God's grace has taken us through many a surprise circumstance. We do not know what this next year holds for us, but we, as the Church of the Nazarene, intentionally and willingly choose to participate in God's grace as we walk this journey together. Wow. We choose to participate in God's grace as we walk this journey together. That's our testimony, right, guys? Um, and I hope, if you're listening, that that will be your testimony going forward as well. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Natalie Franco. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.